You ready? Are we? Yeah, we've been recording this whole time. Oh, yay. <laughs> I had no idea. How fun. Okay, you ready? Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm host Mariah. I'm your host, Mariah. And I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> it's Bailey Claus. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. A real ho, ho, ho. Motherfucker. Hi, welcome to Christmas season. Uh-huh. We're going to try to make up for a slightly disappointing spooky season. <laughs> it wasn't disappointing. It just didn't end the way we wanted it to. Yes. I still think what we pulled off was awesome. Absolutely. But welcome to Christmas season. Mm-hmm. What a time. And we're going to do a conjuring Christmas. It's a conjuring Christmas, a THC first. Mm-hmm. We're going to go in. The, tonight's episode will be conjuring two. Next episode will be conjuring three and then we'll have a big new christmas season finale Mm -hmm. around new year's yeah so that will be a great time i know and it's gonna be i'm excited because it's a nice chilled relaxed things to podcast about yeah (laughs) during what is normally a very crazy month for us Mm -hmm. and uh so that's exciting like i just did my notes tonight because well like throughout my day because it's not that what happened to the family, air quote, isn't bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when it's like murder victims and kidnapping victims and families, like I try really hard to get the facts right. And if I get something wrong, I really beat myself up over it. Like, you know, really bad things happen to those people. And we take it very seriously. Again, whatever happened to this family, I'm sure wasn't pleasant. But at the end of the day, they're all OK. Yeah. So it just feels, you know, we can play it a little bit more loosey-goosey. For sure. We had Thanksgiving. We had Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You had... And I didn't even ask you what you actually did for Thanksgiving. You told me about your in-laws the week before. Yeah. So we did that the weekend before because I had to work all of Thanksgiving week, right? I only had Thanksgiving day off. I worked all the rest right. of the days. Um. So for actual Thanksgiving... We stayed in our pajamas all day yep. and Nick made patty melts. Yeah. With like waffle fries. Delish. Oh my God. He got multiple types of sourdough. Yeah. Multiple types of cheese, multiple types of ground meats. Yeah. Caramelized onions, bacon. Delicious. Incredible. Ah, oh, sounds great. And trying to like get Violet to wrap her mind around what a patty melt was. She's like, so it's a burger? Kind of. I'm like, it's like if a grilled cheese and a burger had a baby. Right. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Uh, of course. What's oh. not to love? And then my daughter doesn't like pie. Yeah. Forget her. So we did brownies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Delish. It's so good. Brownies, caramel, sea salt. Love it. Fantastic. It was incredible. Hmm. I wonder. I bet you there's a pie I could find that she would like. She does like your chocolate pie. With cream cheese? Yeah. Because what's not to like about right. that? Yeah. And also, once you put it on a plate, is it a pie or is it a dessert? Because it doesn't right. hold a pie shape. Right. So that really helps, too. Yeah. Because it's not like, oh, it's a slice of pie. Mm-hmm. But that's that's an anti-Mariah pie. I'm yeah. not trying to step in on your pie. So oh. we went just fucking brownies. No, I know. I'm just so happy. She, I didn't know she had ever had any of mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What a day. What was your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? Um, We went up to Fort Bragg, where my brother-in-law lives. If anyone is from California or has ever been up to the Mendocino Coast, they'll know that it's absolutely gorgeous up there. How'd you do on the drive? I did okay. It's so funny. When I was going up there all the time, 
I did better than I do now. I'm out yeah, of practice. It's rough. I haven't been up there in about a year because our dog was so old um, that even asking you to take care of him, although I know you would have taken really good care of him, it's it a hard. really big ask. Uh, yeah. El- those elderly dogs, they it's almost like round the clock care. It is. So yeah. Um, the drive is a little gnarly, so I was a little out of practice, but that's all right. We did it. I did better on the drive back down. And uh, it was great. It was a great Thanksgiving. Uh, lots of food. All the food turned out really good. I don't know. I don't know what the best part was. Just hanging out, being yeah. back up there because it's been so long. I love being up there. The fact that you didn't have to host. That's always nice. Yeah, I like hosting, though. Yeah. I like cooking. I still cook, to, I still cook stuff right. over there. You could still cook, but it's like when it's in another person's kitchen, I feel like less responsible. I don't know. Makes it a little bit easier. I like it because I'm a control freak. Yeah. I like sitting there drinking my bottle of wine and cooking all day. Do that regardless. However, (laughs) my sister-in-law did just renovate her kitchen and she has three ovens. Oh, fuck. So it was a breeze. It was like uh, cooking that Thanksgiving dinner was like being on vacation. For real. She literally had the turkey in one oven, the ham in another oven, Lou barbecued a tri-tip. Yeah. And then I had the third (laughs) oven for my sides. Love it. What more do you need? You don't show off <laughs> i know i couldn't believe it I'm like wow she bakes a lot during christmas i'm like man christmas baking is gonna be what done in like two hours um we did watch on thanksgiving smile was it good it is good i've only heard good <gasps> things about it which oh usually goodness. makes me a little trepidatious yeah nick stayed up through the whole thing uh, what, what more of a review do you need multiple times i can't wait to watch it Maybe yeah watch it this weekend um we could like he can usually anticipate like the next moves and what's going to happen or whatever and in this movie he didn't oh my god yeah i didn't recognize anybody as far as like acting how exciting yeah it's really good can't wait to watch it yeah really well done yeah because like i said i've heard only good things but Mm -hmm. not by anybody who i would care what their opinion is yeah who matters (laughs) duh i also have another a raving review oh so I think it was Mother's Day that I bought myself all those alcoholic whipped creams. Yes. Cardi B's whipped creams. They have a peppermint. Oh, now we're And it's talking. my favorite. Yeah, of course. Of all of yeah, them. Yeah, the peppermint's going to be the because best. Because you know how sometimes you get that um, mint chocolate chip ice cream where it's like gum mint? Yeah. Not mint mint? Mm-hmm. This tastes like mint. Nice. Like an actual fresh mint. Fantastic. Yeah, it's not artificially... It's amazing. I'm so okay, excited. Cardi. And then I mixed it with like the mocha whip. Oh. Right. So I had like a peppermint mocha. Wow. I know. I'm really getting into my. All right, Cardi. <laughs> my alcohol, alcohol can creams. you put the whip? Can you put these whipped shots in the fridge? No. You you can't. You can't. You'll ruin them. Whoa. People got really upset and it's on the bottle. It says do not refrigerate. Because I do feel like I would prefer it a cold no. whipped cream. Mm-mm, it separates. Well, someone get Cardi B on the phone and tell her. To put like a little nitrousy thing in it. Bel- to, like, What's her name? Belkalee's Alcazar right. or whatever. <laughs> to get that whipped cream cold. Yeah. That is. Because that was my only, that was my only thing I didn't like about it. The few yeah. times we've done the whipped shots. Yeah. I'm like, it, I it wish it was warm. cold. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's all right. They taste good. Yeah. They leave a little bit of a funny. It's a, yeah. Uh-huh. That's all right though. Yeah. But the peppermint. Whew. Okay, give it a try this winter season. Put it in your coffee in the morning. Fuck it. it. So good. It's Christmas season, baby. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't have any good shows or food to review. Uh, I do want to start watching the new show Wednesday because mm-hmm. I hear it's great. Mm-hmm. And the clips I've seen in it, it looks great. I love that the girl who plays Wednesday because she was in season two of You. Oh, and yeah. she was great in that. Yeah, the downstairs neighbor yep. sister. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I can already tell you, as a hairdresser, everyone's gonna want Wednesday bangs. Yes. I already fourth see it coming. Yep. But the one good review I can give you is I finally broke down. So, um, if you know me, which none of you do, only B does. Uh, I have like a I have like a signature lipstick shade that mm-hmm. I wear all the time. Yep, it stays on all day. I don't really have to fuss with it too much. And it was a combo of two different NYX lipsticks, both of which have been discontinued. Which, why do they do this? Why do they ruin a good One thing? of them has been totally discontinued. The other one's been reformulated and like kind of repackaged as a different name. But it's very clear from the colors and the packaging that it's like pretty much the same thing. So I got that one and... I normally put that one on the bottom and then a red lipstick on top and any lipstick I put on top of it pulls it right off my fucking lips. Yep. So I've been on a quest. Um, I found a great alternative that I can not speak highly enough of. Um, it's a, which I don't normally wear. A, NYX is really the only lipstick I ever wear. Mm-hmm. So it's a Maybelline lipstick. I think it's called lip ink okay. or like yeah. liquid ink, yep. something like that. Yep. Really light, stays on all day. I'm a matte girl. I'm not yep. a shiny girl. So I was really impressed with the quality. The color I got was too purpley for me. Okay. It was like burgundy. Yeah. So then I finally got the original, the thing that launched a makeup brand, the Fenty Uncensored Liquid Lipstick in the Universal Red. Whoa. I can't remember what it's called. It might be called Uncensored. Okay. But it's her like lip stunner, lip paint or whatever. Oh, and it's more than I normally spend. It's like almost $30, which is fine. Um, and it great packaging, great glass bottle. It stands up. The best lipstick I've ever of owned. Of course. It feels very sheer, but one coat, you have full pigment coverage. Mm-hmm. The applicator is perfect. Mm-hmm. It goes on flawlessly and it stays all day. And you like the color as is, like you're not no. layering. Okay. So the color is supposed to be a universal red. It's supposed to look good on everybody. Mm, that's not possible. It's a little too fiery orangey for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more of like a dark cherry yes. red. Yes. But it works great with that Maybelline one I like. So I put the Maybelline okay. one on first to give it a little bit of depth. Yeah. And then I put that fiery red on top mm-hmm. and it's perfect. And I tell you, it lasts all day, like eating, drinking, everything. Yeah. To the point where when I cut and it feels light, yeah. really light. And so then I come home and I you can't even get it off with like water. Like I have to use mm-hmm. makeup remover mm-hmm. to get it off my lips after I get home. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Fenty lip stunner, whatever that like stuff in a glass bottle, her original lipstick is. Yeah. Five star review. And if you don't want to spend $30 on lipstick, which is understandable, the Maybelline one will do you just fine. Yeah. But yeah, I'll probably buy that Fenty one in a darker color mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But right now I found I found, you I found can a mix. replacement. Mm hmm. What a time to be alive. Woo! And just in time for the holidays. Just in time for our drag show next weekend. We're going to a Christmas themed drag show. Do not think. I literally bought that because I was like, I was going to put on my Christmas list. And I was like, I can't. I need a a red lipstick for the Christmas themed drag show. Of course. Yeah. Like you were going to wait until Christmas to get your lip. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're going next Saturday. 
we're doing a, a little Christmas themed drag show. So we're very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Our small town doesn't have a ton of stuff like that. So, so anytime it does, you go to jump try on to it. Jump on it. Yeah. I've already been pre thinking about what I'm going to wear because I don't normally, I normally just dress for myself. I don't really care that much. Just whatever I like. But if there's any opinion I care about in this world, it's a fucking drag queen's opinion. Oh, I'm for sure wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. I have my ugly Christmas sweater. <clears throat> with a slutty skirt. Yep. Probably some fishnets. Or like some sort of stockings. Me yeah, too. And some wicked heels. You're going to do wicked heels. I don't have any wicked heels. I'm comfortable enough walking in. So I'm going to wear those like high heel chunky boots, boots that I wear to work all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, same thing. And I'm thinking normally I wouldn't do this because it clashes, but I kind of like it. I have like kind of a little slutty like tartan school girly skirt. Mm-hmm. And even though it kind of clashes with the ugly sweater, I think I kind of like it. It's like well, a vibe. It is. You want to clash. Right. Yeah. And then same thing with some stockings, yeah. some nylon, something. Yeah. And then some chunky boots that I can actually walk in and not die. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, beat face. I'll do something cute with the hair. Yeah. My Fenty red lipstick. It's going to be amazing. What more do you need? I'm so excited. <laughs> what a time. All right. Anything else? Back. Back to the show. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Should we cheers? Well, yeah. Here. Here's the holiday season. Here's the girls night. Yay! Here's to drag shows and conjuring episodes. And what more do you need? God damn. Follow la la la. I ordered your Christmas present today. I don't know if I'll have it by our next episode, but we'll see. All right. So let's get into <laughs> conjuring Christmas season. <laughs> Bee's laughing because her and I just got done talking for, <laughs> for about like a, a half, half hour. hour about like shit. You guys weren't even here. You guys don't even care about. I'm going to cut it all out. Don't you worry. It's literal garbage. We haven't seen each other in two weeks. Yeah. And we need to get it the fuck We're together. We're just catching up at this point. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> if you are, if you want to play at home, our T- TLC <laughs> drinking game. Don't go <laughs> See, I'm so bad now that when you say TLC, I think of like terrible reality shows. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Lifetime for life, bitch. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, so anytime you hear us, cheers, mention an old episode of THC, mention our favorite TV show, Monk, mention a badass big sister. If we spill something or you hear the train, take a drink, take a smoke. I don't know if you guys are going to catch the rain ASMR, but we are. I have the window open in my room just for y'all, even though it's very cold here. It's really nice. I thought that the like cold, rainy vibes will go with Enfield london england vibes which i feel like it rained on our jack the ripper episode maybe one of our oh it's rained on a bunch of our episodes yeah but, but that was again like a london it was a vibe a londony rainy vibe catch a vibe okay you ready please <laughs> for the love of christ so let's start with a disclaimer okay which we did not have last time oh, of course not um if any of you ogs have listened to our first anniversary episode, which is when we did Conjuring 1. I think it's episode 45. Fantastic, B. Um, First of all, it was the episode where B and I switched roles, and she gave you the real-life encounter. Could that car be any louder? (laughs) That's a good question to ask. Anyways, sorry. Um, B gave you the real-life encounter, whatever was happening, the haunting, and I gave you the movie synopsis and I was already like a bottle of wine deep before we started. So I was already drunk. I cried multiple times. 
And it kicked off this because I had never seen any of the Conjurings before. Right. This was my first ever time <laughs> seeing a Conjuring movie. Yeah. And it kicked off this like love I had for Ed and Lorraine Warren because they seemed amazing. When I I love their characters in the movie, which you're supposed to love their characters in the movie. That's the whole point of the franchise. But then when you came in with a real life story and informed me that they were like real people for real, like that was not a lot of that wasn't made up for the movie. I was really excited mm-hmm. and moved by it. <laughs> yes. Since then, it's been brought to my attention multiple times by multiple people that they possibly might not have been the greatest people. Right. Which, I mean, shocking. I feel like that's at least 80% of our childhood. Anyone <laughs> we've looked up to or yeah. like learned from or grew from or appreciated. Yeah. Just. Okay. <sighs> so. You know, we will not be speaking with them about them with the same reverence that we have in the past. I will say, as far as I could tell, none of this is like proven. It's all definitely coming from one source Mm -hmm. and there's no reason not to believe her. Yeah, There's no I don't know, you know, if you want to think that she's lying or stretching the truth or whatever. But basically, this woman named Judith Penny came out um, like in like 2013 and made an official declaration in 2014 that when she was 15 years old, Ed and Lorraine like took her in to basically be like Ed's lover and like a third person in their marriage that Lorraine knew all about it and that. Like Ed would even sleep in like separate rooms depending on like who he was sleeping with, which is obviously, if that's true, is gross, disgusting, like predatory behavior. And they both should have been held accountable for it in their lives because that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she said that uh, in May 1978, when she was in her 30s, she got pregnant Ed and Lorraine forced her to have an abortion Um, She claims that Ed was actually very physically abusive to Lorraine and he would like slap her around. So and oh, and she said that their daughter didn't live with them. She lived with her grandma all the time because Ed and Lorraine were always traveling. So like that whole thing about them being really close to their daughter. She said that they weren't ever there for their daughter, that the daughter lived with the grandma while they Mm -hmm. were off doing their thing. And of course, there's multiple reports, even in the movies about Ed and Lorraine being like hoaxes. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, a valid point of view to have. Yeah. So that's what this woman is saying. I don't know what the truth is, because the only people who do know the truth is her and two and, people who are now dead. Right. So I have no idea. But we will not be crying over Ed and Lorraine this episode. To be fair, so the first one was more like us going into the history that this isn't really going to be about them. This is actually going to be, this is actually going to be the case. Yours is going to be probably more about Ed learning than mine is. Yeah. Cause uh, you don't need to talk about them much. No, they were hardly there. Yeah. They literally were not there for very long. Yeah. Um, which makes sense why that movie takes such a, hard right because they probably had to make stuff up to, to get a movie Ed and Lorraine in mm-hmm. the picture. Yeah. Um, also it is, to be noted that Lorraine's lawyer is claiming that Ed and Lorraine that the that he's basically saying that she's exaggerating and lying and that what Ed and Lorraine really did was take in this like 
18 year old girl who had no family, nowhere to go. They got her off the streets and um, because they were always traveling, that part is true. She would kind of like watch the house for them and that she even had a longtime boyfriend while she was living with them, which she then went on to marry. Okay. So their lawyers basically saying if all of this is true, then how did she end up marrying this dude and being married for however long? So there you go. Okay. This is all from The Hollywood Reporter. You know, do with it what you will. Right. But we got it. I got the message. Right. Okay. Just Jesus like we got the message Christ. during Halloween to get our acts together and do this shit in order. Do it in order. If Ed, if hauntings are real and Ed and Lorraine are out and about, Thanks. then they wanted us to do this in order. So well, here we go. We're doing. Conjuring 2. We're rolling it out. Conjuring 2 is based on the Enfield Poltergeist, which to this day is noted as kind of the most famous haunting in English history, British history, mm-hmm. um, and definitely the most documented. And in yeah. one of the paranormal investigators who is not Ed and Lorraine said at the time that I watched his interview, which was, you know, back in the probably the early 80s, he was saying it's probably the most um, documented haunting of all time. Okay. But that was back then. I don't know if a new haunting has happened since then that has been more documented, but. As of back then, he said it was in history. Okay. The most documented because of all the technology they got to use to like record it. Yeah. All that technology. <clears throat> all right. You ready? Hey, mate. Hey. <laughs> you ready, Gavna? <laughs> I got everything from a couple of articles. I've also seen The Conjuring 2, which is where all that confusion came from last time because I thought for sure <laughs> I watched The Conjuring 2 and we did an episode about it. Oh, that's um, funny. We had not. So I got everything from an article on the website Den of Geek uh, website which I've talked about on this podcast before which is History versus Hollywood. Mm. A, an article on all things interesting, of course. Of course. And you'll love this B an article on the OG people to cover this case way back in the day, the Daily Mirror. Oh, <gasps> I know how you feel about the Daily Mirror. I'm more of a Daily, Daily Mail, Mail. I but, know, but Daily it's Mirror, the same shit. it really is. No, I love it. Believe me. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. In the quiet village of Enfield... In the, England, the, the quaint, <laughs> the quaint, quiet village of Enfield, England, which is located in North London. I'm already confused. <laughs> so if you remember our Freddy Krueger episode, the Freddy Krueger. Yeah, killer, yeah. I laid I tried to lay out the geography of London and I got so fucking confused. The Thames and the, yeah, know, the bridge. And- is London so big that there's like villages in it is a village part of a town is a town part of london i've been uh, yeah but you don't count for shit because you don't remember anything ever i don't think it's that big i it's big enough to be like its own county b okay yeah do they have counties in england they're villages so it's the village of enfield but mm-hmm. it's in north london mm-hmm. so yeah city county state like, think of London as the state, North London as the county, and Enfield as the city. Yeah, maybe. 
That's how I'm going to break it down. Yeah, or maybe how, like, our big cities have areas, so they're part of a city, but they're, like, their own little subculture. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so obviously New York City shouldn't even count because there's the five boroughs, but let's pretend the borough of Manhattan's its own city. Yeah. In the borough of Manhattan, you have Harlem, you have... The rest of so it. So would those be villages? I think in England that might be like the village of Harlem. Okay. You know, Harlem Village. <laughs> <laughs> the village the little, little Italy village, you know? <coughs> I don't know if any of that's true. Hey, if you're from England, can you please let us know how England works? Because we've been trying to figure out this London shit for like two years now. We and clearly we have so learned nothing and I've fucking been there. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> In the quaint village of Enfield, England, located in North London, there lives single mom Peggy Hodgins, Hodgson. Hod, Hodgson. Ooh. She's the mother to four children, Margaret, who's 12, Janet, who's 11, Johnny, who's 10, Billy, who's 7, and they all live in a small council house at 284 Green Street. Council housing, as you know, B is basically houses provided to like low income people mm. by the government mm-hmm. of the state of England mm. in the country of the UK mm-hmm. on the continent of Britain. Uh, sure. Just wow. Kidding. Just kidding. I'm kidding. I know that's not the answers. I did. Jerks. <laughs> you had me sold. Yeah. Right. I was like, sure. Sounds right to me. Britain can be a continent. So council housing, it's pretty tight housing. In America, maybe like think of like condos or like yeah. townhouses. Right. You're sharing walls with people. Well, they have that low income housing. Yeah, council yeah. houses. No, I mean us. Oh, kind of. We have section eight housing. Yeah. Section eight counts like houses. Okay. Like, have you ever seen houses in like the suburbs of England where they're like, it's almost like a duplex here. That's how to think of it. Okay. It's it, if you were just to like pan out and look, it might look like one two story house, but they like it's split cut. it down the middle as like a duplex. <clears throat> gotcha. That's where this is. It's Council housing. It's basically a duplex in America. Okay. So they're in an upstairs downstairs unit, but they share walls with, with another, another upstairs downstairs unit. Got it. Good gosh. <laughs> um. Of course, a single mom. Um, this is 1977. Money's pretty tight. She's a great mom. She's working hard. She provides just enough, which is, you know, that's doing a lot. And it those are four growing children. Yeah. And in England, they have fucking uniforms they have to pay for. Oh. And all this other shit. They have to, they have, they have like school shoes, okay. you know. So she's doing her best and her best is pretty good. But money is tight. tight. Also, what's going on in 1977, you ask B? The Yorkshire Ripper is in the middle of his killing spree. What? This is way up in North England. Okay. In Yorkshire, I would imagine. The county of? (laughs) Anyways, um, he's on his killing spree. So even though it feels very far away from London because it's in the north of England, let's all remind ourselves to north to south England is the same as north to south California. Yeah. It's the same amount of drive time. For sure. So it's really not that far away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are edgy. Uh-huh. On the night of August 31st, 1977, around 9.30 p.m., Peggy has put the kids 
to bed. They're still like settling in as kids do. You know, like they're they've turned in for the night, but they're still doing shit, walking about. She's making her she, she's put the kettle on. Mm-hmm. She's making her tea to have to watch her telly. And uh, she's startled by this like thumping noise coming from the kids' room. And she assumes it's them like dicking around. Yep. Roughhousing. So she goes up there to tell them to knock it the fuck off and go yeah. to bed. And the kids are like, it's not us. It's not us. They basically are saying that in the girls' room, there's this like big wardrobe. Um, These fucking wardrobes. Yeah. It's the wardrobes always. This big wooden wardrobe has moved on its own. And she's like, yeah, right. You know, whatever. And then they start to hear this knocking that sounds like it's coming from the walls. Mm-hmm. And she tries to play it off as it's probably just the neighbors, right? Because again, shared, shared walls. walls. And then after she has this thought, she sees the big wardrobe move on its own. Mm-hmm. And it's moving towards the door like it wants to lock everybody in, in. Yeah. the room. She runs out and she goes over to her neighbor's house, which is um, a man named Vic. I don't know if it's short for Victor. They just call him Vic. He's married to another woman named Peggy. But Vic is this big kind of burly blue collar. He's my favorite guy in the movie. Man's man. He's a man's man. He's so cute in the movie. Him and his teenage son go over to check it out. Okay. Um, Of course, single mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like checking it out with like a sure you know like a ah uh-huh, sure like a wink wink nudge nudge yeah, like, yeah okay right so they get up there and you know Vic's kind of saying to his son like oh they probably watched a scary movie or something and now they're all like freaked out so they go up to the room and after being up there for a minute you know they do a once over nobody's <clears throat> up there you know they're worried that somebody's hiding upstairs that's what Peggy's thinking is yeah. that somebody's like lurking they do a once over. They don't see anybody, but then they hear the knocking and it's obviously not coming from next door because they are, they are from next door. <laughs> they know it's not coming from their own place. Yeah. And, uh, and then Vic tries to, he does notice that the wardrobe is moved up off the wall. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to push it back in place mm. and he notes that it's so heavy. He can barely move it, let alone he can't slide it back into place like he was thinking he'd be able to. So he notes the fact that like there's no way this like single woman pushed this wardrobe, let alone there's no way that the kids are like pranking her by pushing this wardrobe because they can't move it. Exactly. They couldn't do it to fuck with her. She's not doing it to fuck with them and they can't find anybody else hiding in there. And he hears the knocking, which is weird. Scary. Yeah. Mm. So he goes back downstairs. He tells her what he found. He's all, just call the police. You'll feel better. They'll come. They'll check it out. You'll know that there's nobody like lurking up here. See what the police can do for you. A frogging situation, perhaps? Perhaps. <laughs> From feeling froggy. I don't know what episode that was. No was clue. That literally was Literally forever ago. Mm-hmm. So the cops do show up. The const- constables? Sure. Is that what they're called? I love it. Constable Crane. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They show up. They do a once over. They're, of course, thinking that these people are wackadoodles. Yeah. And they're like, okay, sure. (laughs) And as they're kind of like taking statements and talking to Peggy, they're in the living room 
and a large armchair that's located in the corner of the living room slides about four feet to the side. And the cops see it with their own two eyes. In fact, um, the female constable even like signs an affidavit putting her name on paper that she saw this. However, they decide that this has nothing to do with the police. This is not police business. And they fucking leave. They're like, ah, there's literally nothing we can do for you. We can't stop moving furniture. Right. Like, there's nothing we can do. So they cut out. Cool. This starts the 18-month extreme haunting. Oh, man. Of the Hodgson family. Yeah. This includes these hauntings. This haunting includes obviously furniture moving on its own toys flying about and like flying into people like somebody like chucked a marble at your head but there's nobody around Mm -hmm. uh glasses mysteriously filling up with water which i thought was an interesting yet useful haunting kind of like the sweeping Sweeping, yes Uh, i don't know what i don't know what episode that's from Mm -hmm. here you look a little parched have some water that's a great one Mm -hmm. sorry it's not funny Um, Of course, the knocking never stops. Noises from the walls. Fires igniting on their own. Um, Strange voices can be heard. And uh, even levitation. And so everyone in the house is experiencing these things. Everyone is seeing it. Not everyone is experiencing it. For instance, not everybody like levitates. But they'll see furniture levitating and they'll see things flying around, objects flying around the house. They'll hear voices. They'll see the fires igniting. Okay. And um, at one point, Janet, even who's the second daughter, mm-hmm. the 11 year old, says the scariest part for her was when a curtain wrapped around her neck and started strangling her. Wow. In fact, the ghost or the poltergeist or the entity mm-hmm. singles Janet out a lot. From the other members of the household, Janet will go into trances and then she'll start speaking in like a deep, scratchy voice of a dead man. She eventually or he through Janet tells them that his name is Bill Wilkins and he died in this house. Um, And this is later proved to be true. Mm -hmm. There was a man by that name who died in the living room he had a hemorrhage and he died sitting in a chair in the living room and he will actually speak through janet for hours hours what do they talk about um i don't know what do old white dudes from the i'm assuming he's from the 50s oh yeah say 60s right like what what do you need to say old man So with no help in sight, Peggy finally calls the Daily Mail to come in. Oh, no. I wrote down the Daily Mirror. Which one do you like? I like the Daily Mail. Okay. She calls in the Daily Mirror. Yes. Sorry. But that's still their cousins. Thank God I caught that. Yeah. (laughs) Cousins. Very exciting. Peggy calls in the Daily Mirror to basically hopefully get their story out, hoping that if their story gets national attention, they might get some kind of help. From somewhere. She kind of just doesn't know where else to go. Smart. The Daily Mirror sends in photographer Graham Morris. And Graham witnesses all the same shit that the family is witnessing. Uh, And he eventually takes the most iconic pictures of the haunting. Mm -hmm. It's the pictures that everybody sees if you look this up. 
including the pictures of Janet levitating mm-hmm. above her bed in basically in the middle of her room. She's wearing what looks like, I think, a red nightgown and her body's like kind of contorted. But if you're just looking at a snapshot, it could easily also look like she just jumped off her bed in kind of a crazy way. But Graham swears by the validity of the pictures and that what he saw really happened and that what the family's saying is true. Yeah. He swears by it that Janet was being picked up by an invisible entity and, and levitating. It's also backed up by two witnesses who one day were walking past the house and saw Janet through her bedroom window, like floating around, like flying around, levitating oh. around her bedroom. Oh, dang. Just out for a stroll and see this girl fucking floating yeah. around in her Probably room. screaming hysterically. Yeah. I could imagine. <clears throat> Graham says, quote, it was chaos. Things started flying around. People were screaming. The BBC comes eventually mm. to do a special on them. And when they go to record, they find that all of their equipment has been ruined. The wires and shit have been like melted and twisted and they can't record at that time. Wow. They do go back later on. I don't know how many years later, but that's the interview I saw with um, the dude I'm about to talk about. Um, They went back and shot another special there and they shot it just fine. But it's. It's fine. They basically end up having to reenact stuff that the people that were there like said happened. So at some point they do shoot a special there. And if you like Google it, you can watch it on YouTube. Okay. But the original, the first time they show up, they can't shoot because their equipment's ruined when they're in the middle of the haunting. So the Daily Mirror and Peggy call the Society of Psychic Research who send in a paranormal investigation team, which is made up by Maurice Gross Anita Gregory and Guy Playfair and they decide to stay in the house and see what's going to happen at first nothing happens and then the three start to see some shit and they see toys flying around they like Legos and marbles especially Mm -hmm. which I can imagine how hard it would hurt to be like hit by a marble but they said these like Legos and marbles like fly around the room and when they finally land and you go to pick them up they're very hot to the touch they also saw furniture moving on its own they saw clothing like zooming across the room like getting picked up and like thrown across the room slippers shoes and always the knocking the knocking doesn't stop they hear the knocking on the door on the walls all all the the time. time they even experience at one point, the kids are like screaming that they can't move. They can't move their legs. And they go to like pick the kids up. And they said it f- felt like somebody was holding the children down. And they had to really fight this like invisible entity to get the kids up off the ground. Because it wow. felt like somebody was physically like pinning them of, yeah, to the floor. Yeah. They also hear and and record Janet speaking, Bill speaking through Janet. Yeah. Would you like to hear that in real yes. life? Yes. Like that's even a fucking question. Merry Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. Don't you scream the bed. I can't hear you talking. Now, say Dr. Bellon. Come on. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. So I'll keep playing some more, but just to know that last thing you heard where he goes, Dr. Bellock. Yeah. That's an eleven year old girl right. speaking. Sure. 
so creepy and it goes on for a while longer i won't play it for you but there's no video recording of this it's audio so one of two things is happening either this is a hoax that everybody's in on and they have a grown man in there like doing the voice um or she's having dubbing it it's just audio recording i'm saying like maybe everyone's in on it like maybe the daily mirror maybe graham's in on it too Yeah, yeah or these are the investigators now maybe the whatever that was the blah 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 for psychic research is in on it or that 11 year old girl that's a grown man's like deep gravelly british voice i used to live here so creepy if that is really coming from her voice and the people who say that this is a hoax are like um because i do think that they have enough people witness this and the people who are saying it's a hoax is like oh it's like ventriloquism i'm like how does an 11 year old girl that's clearly a man's voice and i'm sorry if you have the skill to do ventriloquism you've practiced so it's not like her mom hasn't noticed her making like sounds and voices but even if you could i don't understand how any 11 year old girl could make that her voice sound that manly me as an adult woman like trying to like no way no Mm -hmm. agreed so at first, with all of this evidence, they're on board and they believe the family. But some things do get brought to their attention eventually. One of which is that none of this happens on camera. Mm-hmm. When the cameras are rolling, all of a sudden the ghost is fucking camera shy and none of this shit happens. Right. Which is suspicious. Right. But also like a normal thing. I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah, but I think that the the people that they're they're saying that's a hoax think that oh, it's it doesn't exist yeah, at all for sure. The other thing is they do catch the girls faking some stuff. Ooh. They catch the girls bending spoons on their own to like I guess maybe claim that they were bent, and they catch the girls like thumping and bumping on the ceiling with like broomsticks. So because they catch the girls kind of acting up and doing this stuff, they decide that the whole thing's a hoax. They close the case. They leave. So do we think the girls were doing it to make it seem worse, hoping to get more help? I don't know. I'll get there. Okay. In 1978, Ed and Lorraine Warren show up. I don't know who puts the call in or how they found out about it. Through the grapevine, they show up. They investigate. They're not there for long. They're only there for like three days. Yeah, like a few days. Yeah. Um, But they conclude, as I'm sure you'll be shocked to find out with Ed and Lorraine, they conclude that it is an authentic haunting, that it's a pretty severe haunting. And Ed goes on record as saying the following. <laughs> now, you couldn't record the dangerous, threatening atmosphere inside that little house. 
but you could film the levitations, teleportations, and dematerializations of people and objects that were happening there. Not to mention the many hundreds of hours of tape recordings made of these spirit voices speaking out loud in the rooms. So Ed and Lorraine, with their couple of days of investigation, say that yes, 100%. Enough to conclude. Haunted, authentic experience. In total, over 30 people claim to have experienced some sort of haunting situation happen in that house at the time. These people include reporters, police officers, lawyers, psychic researchers, and of course, friends and family and the family themselves. I mean, 30 people, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. By the end of 1978, it's quieted down in the house. Um, grown up Janet, who's done a few interviews, including I think she was on the red carpet for Conjuring 2, said that basically a priest came to the house. And after the priest came to the house, the hauntings kind of quieted down a bit. Throughout the years, though, you could still hear some like weird kind of suspicious noises. You had a real uneasy feeling. And the youngest of the children, Billy, who lived there with his mom all the way up through her passing in the early 2000s, I believe, said that he always felt like you were like kind of being watched. You just okay. felt real uneasy. Um, Unfortunately, the legacy of this is that the older kids were bullied in school about it. Mm. People teased them, called them names. Um, Janet later admits that her and her sister did fake some of it, but she says that she faked maybe 2% of it. Because they were getting like so much attention and stuff. But she said the other 98% was 100% real. She does not care who believes it. She experienced it. It traumatized her for the rest of her life. She said that she was basically used and abused by this thing spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that has like kind of held on to her for the rest of her life. And after her mom Peggy dies and Billy, the youngest, moves out. A new family moves in and they, too, hear voices and knocking. The kids report that their children report seeing a man in their bedroom and that you kind of just have an uneasy feeling being there, like you're being watched. And that family only lasts two months in the house before they move out. Dang. The newest family who has lived there since, I'm guessing since then, this was like in the 2000s. So the family that lives there now um, does not want their names to be released. They do not want to be asked about it. Um, They have young children who they do not want to scare with the history of the house. So they are not talking to the press. So that is the Enfield Poltergeist. Okay. Okie doke. Artichoke. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's typical poltergeisty shit. Mm-hmm. You always want to know why. Right? You always question why this little girl. Right? Why did old man Bill decide that he needed to fucking channel through Janet? Yeah. And I will say, I think the reports were that the oldest Margaret was very reserved, very much like an introvert. Mm -hmm. And Janet was very much the extrovert, the really like kind of out the cheeky one. Sure. So it is interesting. If ever there were to be a kid to have the like cojones to fake it, 
of all the kids, yeah. it would be Janet. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I guess some magician showed up at one point and said that like, yeah, it's all, it's all a hoax. It's all the kids a like a magician. They're all like, yeah, because also that little girl could move these fucking huge pieces. That's of furniture. what's weird is like, I can, if it's a hoax, I can get on board with that. People fake shit all the time, but how did they get so many other people to claim to have seen it? How did they get they? You can't get a police officer How do you hoax levitating. You can't get a police officer to go on record saying that a fucking chair moved on its own four feet. Mm-hmm. That's like, there's a lot of people who went on record and said that weird shit was happening. Yeah, for it to be an air quote hoax. I'm a believer. I mean, why not? And that that guy, the Maurice. Is that his name? Maurice, one of the paranormal investigators. He's the one who did the BBC interview and he was for it. Like yeah. he a hundred percent. I saw this. I saw that. They reenacted the shit. But could he be going the, um, uh, the fame route? Yeah. Like the air quote, like what everyone says. And Lorraine was going after possibly. He also was a very like eccentric dresser. Mm-hmm. Like he was very well dressed, three piece suits and a handlebar mustache. Right. And like he did give off very much Ed and Lorraine paranormal vibes. Yeah. He's eccentric. He dresses well. Yeah. He's got wild stories of hauntings. So it could be that he's in that same lane of he's trying to sell books or speaking engagements. Sure. Who knows? Okay. But there you go. That The Enfield Poltergeist, the greatest haunting of English history. Hammerdower. <laughs> it makes me think now, because we were talking about like your control shit earlier. Imagine what it would feel like to have an old man all up in your shit talking through you. Like using your body as its vehicle. How, How horrific, intrusive dude! Intrusive and bro, I don't even want to hear old men talk next to my it body. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't want to hear that motherfucker say anything, let alone through me. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I tried to make those gutturally, like low man, I can't believe how real that shit so sounded. That's what I'm saying. Like to feel that coming out of your body, and there's nothing you can do about it. Again, and it's so hard because it's like, boom, the photographer of the Daily Mirror swears. But then is he trying to sell newspapers? Is he trying to go from a back page article to a front page article? Of course. Yeah. It's like the least reliable source because he's going to benefit from it. It's like nobody is very rare to find people who are saying that it happened that had nothing to benefit from it except for the people going through it. Well, but they, they can in theory, I don't think they actually made money off of it. But that was when people were saying it was a hoax or whatever. They were like, listen, the family's tied on money. Mm. This is going to get the mom a book deal. This mm. is going to get the mom interviews on TV, which she never followed up with any of that. So yeah. interesting. If that's their theory, it didn't work out for her. But that was the theory behind it's a hoax yeah. is that the mom's going to profit on it. The paranormal investigators are going to profit from it. The Daily Mirror is going to profit from it. The only person who's not going to profit from it is the police officer who went on record as seeing a large armchair move on its own. And they even looked at the armchair afterwards and they said there's no wires. There's no tricks. It's just an armchair and it moved on its own. And she's really the her and the neighbor Vic doesn't really have anything to win from it. No. So, like, there are a couple people that it's like, if these people go on record and put their name behind it. Why? 
they're Unless, not going to get anything yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Let's hear about it. The Conjuring 2. I love it so much. So Conjuring 2 came out in 2016. Fantastic. And surprisingly enough, we are going back to 1976 and way back to episode four, Mm -hmm. Amityville Horror. Yeah. We hear Lorraine's voice say, after everything we've seen, this one still haunts me. As the camera pans through the house, showing the crew setting up the equipment as they've been called in for help by the Lutz family and they have since fled due to all the paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Downstairs, Lorraine is doing a seance and trying to speak with Ronnie DeFeo, who had killed his family in the house one year prior. While everyone else at the table seems to be under some kind of trance, Lorraine gets to like walk around and expect the house. Mm-hmm. In an upstairs bedroom, she sees a woman sitting in her nightgown on the edge of the bed with the body of a dead man beside her, blood coming from his abdomen. She looks at Lorraine and yells, what did you do? Lorraine, acting as if she's holding a shotgun, shoots at the woman. We see her body fall to the bed and in the reflection from the mirror in the hallway, Lorraine is Ronnie DeVeo. Okay. Next, we walk to the room where the two young boys were sleeping. Each of them are shot. After that, we move to the sister's room. And after shooting at her, Lorraine begins to panic. And that alerts Ed at the table. Right? He can kind of sense that something's wrong. Ed tries to speak with Lorraine, but... She's distracted by a little boy running down the stairs. So she's chasing after him into the basement where she finds three more dead ghosts. Their children pointing towards a mirror where she sees the reflection of the nun. Oh, my God. The nun grabs Lorraine by the throat. And this is when Ed has had enough and he stops the seance, brings Lorraine back to the present, Mm -hmm. right out of whatever location she's at. And she composes herself and looks at Ed, clearly terrified. Yeah. And tells him, this is as close to hell as I ever want to get. Dang. And I will say, um, no offense to the makers of The Conjuring too, but... The all the sprinkling ins of the nun really took me out of the story. Yeah, I thought it was uncalled for. I thought it was silly. I it the nun doesn't fucking scare me. Like I thought the nun, that whole scene. I know you're gonna get to it where she's in the library or the study or whatever she's in, and the nun portrait grows arms. Count me out, dude. It's so stupid. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> also, um, I was so blown away when I finally watched The Conjuring Two, and I thought we did an episode on it. That, like, what a missed opportunity we had to talk about and Lorraine on our Amityville episode. I know. I don't feel like they popped up at all in my research. I agree. Or if they did, I just didn't know who the fuck they were. And I, like... There's no way you didn't know who the fuck they were. 
No, when we did the Amityville episode, I, I did not know who they were. You didn't? Oh, okay. Because I had never seen The Conjuring before. Uh, and the Amityville was like our fourth episode. Yeah. It was way back way in the day. early. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know who Ed and Lorraine were. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, what a missed opportunity. I want to redo the Amityville now. That can be fun. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because there's so there's more of those to do. We did the one with hot Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I can always do the. <laughs> That's right. We could circle back. Mm-hmm. All right. Focus, ladies. The movie goes on to explain that it was this investigation in in Amityville that catapulted the Warrens into the public eye and brought their attention to a similar case thousands of miles. Across the pond. Across the pond. In Enfield, England in 1977. We are introduced to two young girls, Camilla and Janet, who remind me of us. Oh. Because the first thing we see them do is meet up before school to sneak a smoke. Yeah. And exchange their little spirit board that they made, which is basically like a homemade Ouija board. Yeah. Which you can all reference from episode eight, Room with a Boo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they, of course, get caught <laughs> because they're not that cool. Right. Janet is one of four siblings. Like we said, Margaret, Billy, Johnny. They all walk home from school together. And there's a group of boys making fun of Billy for having a speech impediment, like a stutter. Aww. Janet, a big ass big sister, oh, tells them to shut the fuck up or she's going to kick their ass with her little friend Camilla coming in like I'm fucking having her back. That's right. Mhm. We love a badass big sister. Okay. Drink to that. Drink to that. Cheers. Hey. Double dip. And again, backing up the idea that Janet's the like outgoing ballsy oh, yeah. one. Right. Because Margaret's there. They're all walking home together. It's yeah. Once at home, Janet's mom, single working mom, pissed about the smoking. They get into a fight. Janet goes to sulk in her room that she shares with Margaret. And Margaret catches Janet playing with the spirit board. But instead of narking on her, she decides to play with her. And in real life, the adult Janet in that interview where she's like, oh, we only fake 2% of it. She did say that before it all happened, they were playing with a Ouija board. <gasps> I didn't put it in <gasps> because I think Ouija boards are fake. Well, yeah. But so I'm like, there's no way you play with a Ouija board and it incited the poltergeist Billy. But but they did play with a Ouija board. Yes. That's still fun. It is fun. The first thing they ask is if their dad is ever going to come home, to which they get no reply. Janet asks, are there any spirits here that will answer our questions? They also get no reply. Margaret's, she can tell that Janet's disappointed. She's like, you know, it's just a stupid game. And so they hide it under the bed. And that night, as Janet is falling asleep, she wakes up to find herself on the living room downstairs for mm-hmm. so back upstairs margaret is waking up to the sounds of clapping like clap 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 oh good clapping again just like in the conjuring one thank you ding 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 from that anniversary episode she realizes that janet is missing 
and goes to the door just in time to see her walking back upstairs, and she assumes the noise must have just come from her footsteps. Okay. That next night, Janet is helping Billy with his speech. They're reciting nursery rhymes. Why not tie in another Conjuring Universe movie? (laughs) They're playing with a wound-up toy with sketches of the crooked man Uh singing about him. There was a crooked man. He walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked style. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse. And they all lived together in a crooked house. Yeah. Fun fact. He's getting his own movie installment. Yes. He had, I guess, um, there was a trailer like in July of this year. Okay. But no official release date. Also, fun fact, there is a playground in our town that is very like fairy tale themed. Yes. And they have the Crooked Man fairy tale. Yeah. With his crooked house and his crooked mouse. It's the best. Um, But don't be fooled by Crooked Man 2016 or or Conjuring Beyond 2020. None of those have anything to do with it? They just ripped off the names. Oh, these motherfuckers. <laughs> they like straight to DVD. Literally. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, Crooked Man gives me Slender Man vibes, episode 29, and for a good fucking reason, because it's the same actor. Oh, okay. Right? Like, it's clear. So that was fun. Billy wakes up in the middle of the night. He goes downstairs for a glass of water when he notices the swings outside are moving. But it's a calm evening. Upstairs, Margaret's trying to wake up Janet from a nightmare. But when Janet sits up speaking, it's in another person's voice. This is my house. And then Janet arguing back. Leave Billy alone! As if she's speaking to somebody else in the room. As Billy walks up the stairs from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. At the top of the stairs, there's like a blanket fort that the kids made. Yep. And it's got the little toy in it. And Billy accidentally steps on a toy car and it lights up and makes the siren sound. So he tosses it in the fort and he gets in bed. But then he can hear the toy following him down the hallway. Fun. He takes the toy back down the hall, again places it in the fort, only for it to get returned immediately. Mm -hmm. He wakes up his mom, they check the fort, and they find nothing. Obviously, he's dreaming, and so they go to tuck him back into bed, but then they hear something downstairs. And that's where the mom finds Janet in a rocking chair. This fucking chaos is going on. Right. She tells the mom she must be sleepwalking. She has no memory of any of it. She assumes Janet's sick, makes her stay home for the day. So like any kid that's homesick, what do you do? You're going to sit on the couch. Watch TV. Watch TV. Exactly. Personally, I'm watching all the great 90s um, talk shows. Jenny Jones. There you go. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, Maury. Oh, girl. Love it. Jenny Jones was always my girl, though. I Mm -hmm. love me some Jenny. Mm Mm-hmm. And then those, like, daytime court shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Judge Judy. Okay. She realizes that the remote's missing. She finds it on the rocking chair 
where she was found the night before. And then the TV goes to static. So she goes to check the cables behind the TV where the old man lunges out at her and screams, this is my house. Scary. Old man Bill. From here, we're back to Ed and Lorraine. They're dealing with the critics, calling them, you know, hoaxes. Frauds. Ed's, Ed's very defensive towards anyone who speaks badly about Lorraine. Of course. He doesn't give a fuck about anything else. Because movie Ed and Lorraine are, are the amazing. perfect couple and we love them. Yeah. Lorraine finds him in the living room painting, of course. We all know. The nun. <laughs> <laughs> Our girl, the nun. <clears throat> a vision he says he can't get out of his head. The same thing Lorraine encountered in Amneville, but she never told Ed that. Wow. And Ed's not one to have visions. Lorraine tells Ed over breakfast she wants to stop taking on new cases. She says we can continue to give our lectures, but they need to give themselves a break and they need to protect their daughter, Judy, who is about the same age as Janet. Okay. Judy and Lorraine one day are in the study. Judy's making a bracelet on the floor. Lorraine's reading a book on the couch. And suddenly she gets a sensation and she realizes that Judy's missing. She finds Judy frozen in fear standing in the hallway when she asks her mom, who's that? Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's the, it's nun. the nun. Lorraine follows the nun to Ed's office where the painting thing happens. Mm-hmm. And from behind the picture, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, when Lorraine gets back to her feet because the nun like knocks her down from the painting, like throws her to the ground. They're back in Ed's basement. And she asks, what do you want? And the nun points at a vision of Ed who's being like impaled in the chest. Okay. Something. Back in England, Janet is getting ready for bed. She's tying herself to the frame using a jump rope. She, of course, wakes up on the bedroom floor. And then there's the sound of three loud bangs. Margaret is sound asleep beside her downstairs in the living room. The rocking chair is rocking all on its own. Upstairs, the bedroom door is like opening and closing. And then something grabs the covers off the bed and the bed start to shake violently. Mm -hmm. You know, same Thing we've heard of many typical haunting many occurrences yes mm-hmm. this time the mom runs in and this is when she finds the spirit board under janet's bed and she's yelling at the girls for playing with such a toy to cause these nightmares when the dresser flies across the room but mom's not fucking around gets everyone out of the house immediately and goes to the neighbors for help so in the movie, it's not a duplex situation. It's okay. A, it's like a little house. Okay. And she goes across the street. Okay. The husband, my favorite, 
goes to check. I don't remember them having kids. <clears throat> okay. He checks the rooms. Of course, they find nothing. But they do have the police come out to check just to be sure. Mm-hmm. Police are looking at the mom like she's a Looney Tunes. And then they hear the sounds coming from inside the walls. Trying to be logical, they tell her it's old pipes. So they grab a chair and they like move from room to room. And uh, they're trying to figure out like where it's coming from within the walls. They're like, well, there's not much that we could do. Like you said, we're police. These are sounds. There's not a person. They're like, we're we're out, but rest assured, you know, we'll send someone out to help you. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It's more than the real Peggy got. Yeah, I don't think they did. I think they just told. Oh, they just said yeah. That. yeah. Uh, they do, I guess, contact the church, or the church does somehow get involved because that's how Lorraine and Ed get involved. But they didn't see a chair move. <clears throat> the police. I don't think so. Okay. No, they just heard the noises. All right. Surprise, surprise. Church doesn't do shit. Instead, local news. So I guess this would have been the mirror. The mirror, the DM. Mm -hmm. Shows up. They do the story. They convince the mom to allow them to share the story in hopes that it will bring a solution to their problem. So they do the interview with Janet and Margaret, and they ask if they can speak with the spirit And at first, there's nothing, but then, like, Janet starts to squirm. Mm. Gets really uncomfortable in her seat. And then you see the reporter ask if she's feeling all right, to which she starts speaking in grunts and growls. And you see the lights flicker and the furniture starts to shake. And the demon then reveals himself. It is Bill Wilkins, 72-year-old man who died in the rocking chair in the house crotchety old man enjoys fucking with the family and tells the reporter that he enjoys listening to them scream fun Mm -hmm. the family decides to go stay with the neighbors across the street until they can find help but that won't stop the crooked man from finding them while sleeping the youngest son, Billy, wakes up to the sounds of a bell ringing, which he assumes is the neighbor's dog. They had trained the dog to ring a bell if okay. it needed to go outside to go potty. So cute. He finds what he thinks is the dog sitting by the door. But once we get up close, it's the crooked man. Again, what a waste of time in the movie. Mm-hmm. The crooked man, not scary. He's obviously 100% CGI. Yeah. You're just like. What I get that you're doing it so that way you can tie in a sequel at some point, but at this it's point, like the least yeah. scary thing about the movie is the mm-hmm. stupid CGI crooked man. For real, at this point, it's been more about like you said, Ed and Lorraine, mm-hmm. the nun, yeah, and the crooked man, yeah, and less about this family. It's all about tying in the Conjuring universe, mm-hmm. and none uh, of Amneville. it happens mm-hmm. in the actual Enfield haunting. No. Billy runs to his mom, who turns on the lights, and they instead see Janet walking down the hall, repeating the nursery rhyme, and then she screams loud enough to shatter all the light bulbs in the room before she collapses to the ground. It's pretty loud. 
now deemed England's Amityville by the media circus, Ed and Lorraine are contacted by the church. Mm-hmm. They're asked to go to London for three days to observe. They don't have to participate. They just need to give their opinion on whether or not it's worth getting the church involved. Okay. Because Lorraine was like, I don't want to do this. Yes. Ed, of course, convinces her. He's like, we've never turned a family away before. And this is when Lorraine reveals to Ed her true fear. That the demon is going to kill him. Like, that he's going to die. Right. Ed uses their faith in God to change her mind. We don't run away from fights. If God is showing you my death, I choose to believe it's you that can stop it from happening. He promises her that they will only observe, and if it's a hoax, that they'll leave. Okay. When they arrive in London, it's around Christmas. Perfect! Because inside the family home is a small tree in their bay window. Amazing. Right next to the chair that Janet's been found on multiple occasions. Perfect. But how exciting. I love this is when this happens, when our cases or our movies line up with real because life. Because we were, yeah, I know. We weren't going to do this one at all. And I was going to throw it in at Halloween. Yeah. And now it's Christmas. It's, it a, is, it's a miracle. It's a conjuring Christmas miracle. <laughs> Okay, the mom takes Ed and Margaret and Janet, or no, he. T- the mom takes Ed to Margaret and Janet's room that is now covered in hundreds of crosses that have been nailed to the wall. All the furniture is completely trashed and tossed about the room. Mm-hmm. The mom explains to Ed that she thought the crosses might help stop the spirits, but it's obviously not working. Lorraine finds Janet out back on the swings, and to earn Janet's trust, Lorraine tells her about this time when she was around the same age, and she was visiting her mom at the hospital when she saw an angel, and she tells Janet, like, I know what it feels like to not have anybody believe you, because in this movie, it seems like all this shit's really happening to Janet. Yes. So, to test her, they have her hold water in her mouth, and they make her sit in the chair and connect to old man Bill. Why hold water in her mouth? Because if she has water in her mouth... Oh, she can't talk. Exactly. She can't be faking it. Yeah. I get... Yeah. Uh. But she still needs her mouth to make the noises. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, sorry. I, I'm, I'm confused. Li- I, right? I mean, so in the movie, she's in the chair, like, facing them normal, and he won't talk. Right? So they're mm-hmm. like, well, maybe if we turn the chair. And he's okay. like, well, yeah, but then we can't see what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, to prove that she's not faking it if she holds water in her mouth. Yeah, but then where's the noise come from? From the demon. 
It's but, like living inside of her. I know, but she still needs her vocal I, I, cords in her mouth to make. Okay, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm nitpicking. It doesn't matter. It's all make believe. Old man Bill makes his appearance. And Ed explains to him, like, bro, you're dead. It's It's been years. You need to move on and cross over. Lorraine confirms, like, she feels like Bill's presence is no longer in the house. But we know that he still is. It's like he's just trying to please them or not really like play into the media show of it all. Oh, okay. He's he's like a shy ghost. Oh, yeah. He's on the down low. Mm-hmm. That night, Ed and Lorraine sleep in the boys' bedroom while Janet and her mom share the bed in the room next door. And the other kids are with the neighbors. I can't believe they're still sleeping in this goddamn house. I know. You're going to have to get me out of this house. And Janet is still tying herself to the bed. How are you still sleeping in this house? Leave. I know. And while everyone is asleep, Janet wakes up to the sound of someone whistling. And she realizes that she's on the ceiling in the living room looking down at Mr. Bill in the chair. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Bill slowly walks from the chair up the stairs to where everyone else is sleeping. He uses her jump rope to pull her through the ceiling. Okay. Where she is back in her old room now with all the crosses on the wall. And we watch as they all start to turn upside down. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Bill lunges at her from the darkness. And we all hear Janet scream. And everyone goes to the room, but the room's locked. And so they've got to find the key to unlock it. Mm-hmm. And that takes fucking forever. And so by the time they get inside, Bill's gone and all the crosses are back to normal. And for whatever reason... uh. Ed and Lorraine think it's a good idea for the other kids to move back into the house. Perfect. And tell the mom that it's best for the family to stick together. So while you and I are on the same page, like, why are you there? They're like, nope, bring the other kids back. Yeah, it'll be fine. I think we should all just really just fight this one together. But to be fair, the siblings are thrilled. They want to be together again under the same roof especially janet who feels like a recluse at this point of like course a freak show poor janet right ed ever the gentleman starts to help the mom around the house fixing things leads himself to the basement where the washer's been leaking enough to flood the whole floor okay and um, with his back turned trying to tighten a loose plumbing he sees or we see old man Bill emerge from out of the water like lurking up behind him. Mm-hmm. The mom also sees it from the top of the stairs and she yells to warn Ed. But by the time she warns him, it ends up pulling her down the stairs into the water instead. Mm-hmm. Upstairs, I have no idea where Lorraine is, but all the kids are alone in the living room and they are now decorating the Christmas tree when Janet freezes in fear. She sees something in the darkness of the kitchen 
and none of the other siblings can see what she sees. But Johnny decides that he's done being afraid. Oh. And so he goes to take a closer look. Janet pleads with him not to go. But once in the kitchen, Johnny finds that all the knives in the kitchen have now been stabbed into the table. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Also, I love how in all these movies, like Ed and Lorraine end up like just doing little like fix it jobs around the The laundry, the laundry. And the first one, he's like fixing the car. Mm -hmm. This one, he's fixing the washing Mm -hmm. machine. Like how kind of them to just be checking things off the to do list for sure. After he sees this in the kitchen, we hear screaming from the living room where Janet has disappeared. By the time Johnny turns around, Janet's already beside him with one of the knives. By the time any of the adults can get to the kitchen, all the doors are blocked. We have to break them down. And by the time we're inside the kitchen, everything's trashed. Johnny's inside the pantry hiding and Janet's nowhere to be found. When they do find her, she's in a crawl space within the walls outside of the kitchen. Her body's all contorted and she's screaming that they won't let her go. Scary. When we review the audio tapes, Ed notices something's different about the way Janet was speaking. They realize that Mr. Bill is trying to warn them. When suddenly Lorraine is back in time speaking with Bill. He's there trying to tell her that he can't cross over. They're using him to get to the girl. And that's when the nun appears behind him and Lorraine wakes from her vision with a bloody nose. So in the house, the mom is trying to clean up the kitchen and we hear Margaret screaming. In the living room, we see her body floating in the air. Janet is also floating They're both clearly possessed. Margaret's body gets thrown against the wall, releasing her. The mom grabs her and the other non-possessed kids and takes them outside, leaving Janet locked inside, just where the demon wants her. Ed breaks in through the basement. Lorraine goes in and locks the door behind him. Lorraine is begging Ed not to go. She knows that this is like how her vision is going to come true. He tells Lorraine, if we're this scared, imagine how scared this little girl's going to be. Oh, what a guy. Right. So they also do you guys hear the train? <gasps> hey, I did. There's the train, baby. Uh, amazing. Great catch. Great catch. Yeah. Oh, again, what the fuck are they coming through? <laughs> like, what? What are they honking so loud for? Ed breaks in through the basement floorboards, uses an old pipe, crawling into the kitchen, but instead he gets blasted with a bunch of steam burning the whole side of his face. And fucks up his vision. And so everything's blurred. He can't see anything. And he's being followed now by the crooked man. Oh, I was going to say the The nun. nun. I know. The crooked man. Too obvious. He stumbles his way up the stairs. We see the blanket fort with the crooked man music box playing inside. He gets up close to watch. 
as the sketch dances around inside, but then it disappears. And when Ed looks up, he's there inside the fort with him. Outside, feeling completely helpless, Lorraine figures out what old man Bill's been saying all along. Lorraine knows the demon's name from her encounter back at the Amityville house, and she can use it to defeat the demon, right? Knowing its true identity will give her the power over it. Sure, why not? <clears throat> so, badass neighbor from across the street who's been busy trying to chop down the basement doors. opens it up with just enough time so we can squeeze inside and she gets upstairs in time to see that Ed is clutching Janet who has just tried to jump from the second story bedroom window Mm -hmm. and down below is a tree that's been broken by lightning the tree that he would then be impaled Impaled on. on exactly Exactly. So, Lorraine tries to help Ed, but the nun's already there waiting for her in the shadows. With seconds to spare, Lorraine calls out to the demon by its name, Valak, gets to Ed. He has got Janet and basically is they're all about to slip, right? Lorraine's able to pull them to safety. God bless her. Incredible. So, our ending notes read, The haunting of Enfield would go on to become one of the most documented cases in paranormal history. It says that the mom continued to live in the house until she died 40 years later in the same chair that the old man died in. For sure that's not true. Right. We see Ed return to his museum with his newest item, the Crooked Man music box, which he places right beside... Annabelle. Close. Rory's music box. Oh, yeah. From The Conjuring 1. I should have have known. Right. Of course. And that's it? That's it. I do believe the real Peggy died of breast cancer oh. in the early 2000s. Okay. So she did not die in that fucking rocking chair. Right. Ridiculous. With a hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. All right. There so, you go. How many knives? Two. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean. Please explain. Because it had nothing to do hardly with the, the actual, actual Enfield haunting. Yeah. It was all over the place we're gonna start in amityville and then we're gonna add crooked man and we're gonna throw in the nun and we're gonna spend all this time focusing on ed and lorraine wanting to get out of the business only to be drawn back for these three days where they barely spent any time with these people when we when you clearly had a whole nother story about actual people that were there like yeah why didn't we go into more of what the cops went through or what the other paranormal investigators saw yeah and also like did we just make up the like how is the whole like naming the demon thing make the demon go away we're just right we're just well, the making de- shit up. that had nothing to do with nothing yeah yeah. All right. Two knives. So because it had nothing to do with the case, it's not to say you. that it's a horrible movie. It is my least favorite of the Conjuring. Yeah, it's not a horrible movie. 
I've only seen two Conjurings. I have not watched the third one, although I'm going to try to watch it before, before. Our next episode. Yeah. Um, Do but you... I definitely did not like it. Like I liked the first Conjuring. Yeah. Do you remember my review from the episode we did on it? The third one? Mm-hmm. No. Good. That'll be fun then. Yeah, yeah. Just because we did a whole episode on it. So oh, I'm just we've wondering. already yeah. talked about The Conjuring oh, no, 3. I have to find my notes. I might have thrown them away. <laughs> Wouldn't that be sad? I have to rewrite all of my notes out? Because I thought we were good to go. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Um, no, I definitely so far like The Conjuring 1 the best. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think The Conjuring 2 is a little ridiculous. I think we're trying too hard. Really hard. To tie in too many things from The Conjuring universe. It's a that lot. Have nothing to do with the Enfield case. And, I mean, none of it scares me. None of the Conjurings have scared me yet. But the scariest parts of The Conjuring 2 are the stuff about the girls in the Enfield case. Yeah. So just lean into that. Like, when she's speaking with old man Bill's voice and when her face gets real weird and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that's the scariest parts. I the agree. levitating and being controlled by an entity. That's the scary parts. For the sure. CGI fucking crooked man and the CGI nun that had nothing to do with the case are not scary. So what's the point? And of had them? nothing to do with anything. Right. Yeah. All right. I agree with you. What are you looking at? I my look of the week. What's your look of the week? The nun. Yes. Is it? Yeah. That was my joke. Guess. No, it absolutely is. Haven't we done a nun before? No. Well, yes, we have. Oh, dear. But, but we, I didn't post it. You never did. It, what we, episode was it for? It was our Magdalene laundry episode. Why didn't I post it? Shit went down. It was just, it was too much for whatever reason. You weren't feeling good or whatever. And you were just like, I didn't have the energy to do a post for that whole episode. Oh, there, shit. There, there is no <gasps> post. The mystery episode. So if you want to search through your photos, I can give you the date. We can see if we have one. But I absolutely dressed up as a nun. I was like, I know I took a picture of you as a nun before. But we never posted it. (gasps) So that could be our Christmas present to our listeners. That's so funny. Were you going to just put on the same outfit? I found a filter. So oh, fun. Look, I took a sample picture already okay, that I'm going to show you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Oh, it's perfect. But I thought it might be fun if I came because this was me taking a selfie, right? How if, did you find that filter? But if I come around, like if I'm peeking out from your Christmas tree, I think it would look fun. Like, or if I'm like, yeah, we could do that for sure. Because I do. I'm wearing this, right? I have the nun hat. Habit. Hat. <laughs> and then I have this mask that uh-huh. I used to make like the turtleneck. I can't even remember how far back we have to go. Well, it was our second annual St. Patty's Day episode. So it's in March of this year, March of 2022. You think I can just search by the date? I can in my phone. Well, but you have a different phone than me. So I do. I can in my phone. Oh, I think I can. Yeah. Okay, so March. Like. 2022 mm-hmm. let's see let's see what po- oh it's also my brother's wedding so it's a lot of wedding mm-hmm. pictures so maybe that's why you couldn't do it there it is oh <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> so that could be like our oh cr- look at this one your eyes are real wide <laughs> so because here's the thing next week like we've already killed our ed and lorraine our ed and lorraine picture is so good there's no going back it's in 
our Ed and Lorraine picture it's from our first anniversary episode is my top five top THC five pictures of, of all time. time. Bees look of the week yeah. of all time. It's so good. I literally was just thinking about this the other day of what my top five bees look of the week would be. And for sure, our Ed and Lorraine are up there. Yeah. So because I know we can't do them again, I, this one was easy. Right. Again, because I knew we had the fucking nun shit set up that we had never done so that's our little special thing so i figured for next week for conjuring three i'm not gonna have a look of the week so i was like either we special drop man the mystery what a time episode or you and i we have matching christmas sweaters we could drop a thc special christmas card themed like you and i looking cute yeah for sure Christmas edition. Uh, we can take it Saturday Or we can do all of the above. So whatever. Stay tuned to find out. Exactly. Something will happen. But yeah, so we've got... I'm not going to do an episode-themed look next okay. week, but we'll have a we'll have special look. We'll have something going on. Yeah. For sure. How fun. So fun. So let's talk about what your top five would be, because I was thinking about it. Our Ed and Lorraine are up there. For I guess personal reasons, my is that the zo not the zodiac is that the zodiac killer with the black hood? Who killed people on Lake Berryessa? Yes, is that zodiac? Yeah, because you had a real gun out on my driveway in the middle of the day. I dropped it. Yeah, that's right. You dropped it. I mean, it wasn't loaded. Yeah, but still. But it's so funny. So I like that one a lot. Um, I really like our. Was it was that our first Christmas special where we did the, the Home Santa- Alone? No, our actual oh, the Christmas Santa Claus that, whatever. Wasn't that for the Barbie, the Ken and Barbie because she killed her sister? No, no, her- no, no. There was the guy who walked in and killed a bunch of people of um his in-laws family on like a christmas party and then you watch there's that silent night oh yeah that it was for silent night the one where i'm holding your grandma santa yeah you're holding a santa mask with a blowtorch in your hand yeah blowtorch okay it's a butane yes that i'm trying because i knew it was the one where i'm holding your grandma's handmade that's up there yes it's It's so perfect it's so good so that's part of my top five um the gacy because it literally stained my face for yeah that's one of your top five it's not one of mine but i do appreciate the effort that went into it for sure Mm um i'm trying to think of ones just that just make me laugh a lot i actually really liked it didn't make me laugh but somebody um somebody on instagram has been going through our old episodes and been leaving me lots of comments on our old episode posts and one of them was from a year ago basically because it was our Native American history. I that was going to be my Wind River episode. Fake background. It was so good. And not only that, so that's a double for yeah. me because you did the fake background mm-hmm. to make it look legit for the post. But then, but then you we also the bloopers. Like the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking like Jurassic Park. Looking like Jurassic Park in the yard. You so look that, like- that's a two for one for yeah, me. Yeah. That one's so good. But okay, yeah. so in Fort Bragg, if anybody ever wants to go to Fort Bragg, California, I would recommend checking out Beautiful Earth. It is a 
crystal slash gem slash rock store. It's fantastic. It's ran by these two men um, who are great. The guy I spoke to is a paleontologist and his partner is a mineralologist and their crystals and stones and gems their collection is immaculate cool you can find absolutely anything there these guys are two experts who know exactly what the fuck they're talking about and all they want to do is talk to people about it they also because it's a paleontologist they have fossils yeah that are hundreds of millions of years old and B, they have a dinosaur bone. They have a dinosaur femur bone, which is like 700 million years old. And he has it because he's so excited about like sharing all of this. Yeah. He has it out on the table and it says, please touch. Oh, he wants you to touch it. He wants you to ask questions about it. Ask questions about the dino. So I got to touch a, a real life dinosaur bone. That's cool. And it looks like a boat like it looks like a, a giant boat porous it's smooth probably from over the years okay but i just mean like if you asked a, a small child to draw a bone oh yeah it looks like I a bone. bone it looks like the flintstones yeah mm-hmm. so it's exciting you get to touch that and he sells um at the time he had triceratops bone fragments that he was selling for like 10 bucks each wow. because when he goes on these digs They'll find like these bone fragments that are too broken up to like make a fossil out of. But they're still legit bones. So he'll sell those at his shop. But yeah, he loved talking to us. And um, my oldest is super into like crystals and stones and stuff. And they talked to my oldest as long as Kai wanted to talk. Right. I mean, as long they as were they could. So enthused. Yeah. And uh, we bought some rocks and stuff from them, some crystals. And then I went, I'm like, dude, that was such a good experience. I went to go leave them a five-star Google review, which I did, and left a little, like, snippet. That man only has five-star reviews. Well, obviously. All of his reviews are five-star reviews. And it was just the most pleasant experience. So I can't recommend it enough. But the point is, is I got to touch a dinosaur bone. And that's really fucking exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. I was stoked. And if you want to buy a 400 million year old fossil, you can. I think the coolest thing I've ever touched is like a wall, a walrus tooth, a tusk, a tusk. Yep. Mm -hmm. My dad has one for whatever reason. I mean, who knows? He probably exchanged it for like cocaine at some point. Yeah, probably. (laughs) The dinosaur bone is now the coolest. Before that at... um, there is a historic house mm-hmm. here in our town, right? Mm-hmm. That has like a working like ranch attached to it. But they have, because obviously indigenous people lived here first. And those people, because this area is known for like nut trees yes. and all of that stuff. Um, they had these huge like mortar and pestles basically, but they were big. They would carve mm-hmm. them out of big rocks. They were real heavy. Mm-hmm. They were too heavy to move around. So what indigenous people would do is just leave them at the base of the nut trees. And then they would gather up the nuts and just and use take them the there. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would have them at the base of all these trees. And I mean, I'm sure they did that for tens of thousands of years. So my kid took a field trip to that place and, and we got to touch nuts. the mortar on pestle. I'm like, that's cool to touch a thing that was used for thousands of years for before sure. we got here. 
for sure. But dinosaur bone is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Never kiss the Blarney stone. But why not? It's so fun. Because you'll get herpes because everybody else has kissed it in the world. <laughs> Literally. Uh, Was that the legit thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there, there's Yeah, that. but you get fucking cold sore so easily. I do. It's not me, though. It wasn't me that that experienced this. Oh dear, was it Nick? Yeah, yeah, poor guy. I swear, ever since then, he's never been the same. Oh my lord, I feel like I would have to do it just to do it. I, well, that's why he didn't want to do it. Yeah, and I was like, you have to do. It. You literally have to do it. Yeah, and he's l- never been the same. <laughs> that's so funny. But Listen, at the same time, he also said over dinner tonight we were talking about it. Um that the herpes complex or whatever has been known to be like a blocking gene for cancer. Okay. So one for the other. I would much rather have herpes than cancer. There you go. I mean, you give a little, you get a little. (laughs) That's right. Listen, if you and I, if you're going with, I'm going to the UK regardless. If you're coming with me for my 40th birthday, Blarney Stone, fine. I don't care about that. Let's go to like Scotland to like the Isle of Skye where they still have like ruins and fairy rings and stuff and pretend we're an outlander. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm about. I mean, my mom still has all the the elf ears. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, everyone's kissed the Blarney Stone. Let's go pretend that we're We're fairies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. La 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 la. I think their fairies are different. I think the fae. Might be a different vibe over there. We're going to have to figure that out. Remember who you're inviting. I'm the one that got <laughs> yelled at the whole time I was over there because I refused to call my fanny pack anything other than a fanny pack. Because it's like saying the so, pussy it's pack. It's so offensive. Yeah. It's so offensive. But they'll say cunt like it's any other word. faggot like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Cause but it's fanny not- is like pussy to them. Right. So it's like you're saying, oh, my pussy pack. No, exactly. They were so appalled. Good. Good for them. Right? They fucking deserve it. And then me putting my ranch dressing on my steak at the Moulin oh. Rouge and them like spitting at me. <laughs> I'm literally going in there with the biggest chip on my shoulder that I never thought I would have. But TikTok mm-hmm. has really opened my eyes to how much Europe hates us. Oh, yeah. And it's made me more patriotic for a country. I don't even fucking like that mm-hmm. much. But now... Oh, bitch, I bleed red, white, and blue now. I hope I'm the obnoxious American now. The way they fucking try to drag us on European TikTok. Oh, I, I'm going to go there, but I might be a little salty. I'm going to be a little wary. You need to be salty because they can't fucking season their food. Bitch, so. <laughs> I'm bringing a fucking Cajun blend with me in my purse. But that was it. I literally, I took with me. I heard the food so bad. I took with me Oreos, Cheez-Its, and ranch dressing, the little individual mm-hmm. packets, because that was okay to travel with. Yep. Right? You can't take a bottle of ranch. You have to take the, the individuals, indiv- the, the little smallies. You bring the individual ranches. I'll bring the Cajun seasoning. Because I figure Cajun seasoning has everything in it. Yeah. It's got your cayenne, your mm-hmm. paprika, your garlic, your all salt. all you're getting, your- like literally every day they eat like beans and white and bread. And I don't even eat beans. And, no, it's so funny. And the sausage. Don't and- get me started on the lack of ice. Yeah. That's going to be a real problem for me. I've already eaten like four <laughs> cups of ice on this podcast the ice and not that you need it but the lack of ac is literally i always had this dream of like 
oh man, it would be great one day like you'd move to the UK and live out your UK fantasies. Not without no fucking ice, I'm not doing it. Yeah. When my mom and I ended up in Europe right after we graduated from high school, Mm -hmm. they had an extreme heat wave. I remember that. It was like record breaking. Yeah. Because they had never, and we're over there and we're, we're okay, right? Because we're used to our heat, right? right? But what we're not okay or used to is going to see all the things we wanted to see. You have to have sleeves and pants. Oh. Your knees have to be covered. Oh. You have to have a certain length of your arms Mm -hmm. covered and you're boiling. It's like a hundred plus degrees and you're out walking on this fucking traveling bus. With no ice or AC or relief. With my grandma. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, well, so my mom and I found a way. We ended up like tucking napkins (laughs) and like tissues to like make sleeves temporarily. (laughs) That's so funny. To cover certain parts of our body so that we could get into these historical places and by the time we were out like they were sweated they were part of us that's so funny <laughs> and then we'd throw them away and get on the bus and die yeah and they don't even have public restrooms mm-hmm. uh whatever yeah it's gonna can't be fun. wait can't wait it's gonna be a great time <laughs> all right i gotta pee so fucking bad i know so merry conjuring christmas i yeah. can't wait for episode two which yeah. will be conjuring three and soon mm-hmm. yes very soon we're doing it next week thank you so much for listening we love you and we will see you next time bye bye